Hello, Rebecca Adil here. Um, just a quick note to say thank you to everybody that's been rating the podcast on iTunes and everywhere else. It means the absolute world. And um, I'm so grateful for all the five star reviews. Keep them coming, please. Um, that would be wonderful. Um, additionally, if you do fancy helping support the podcast, um, helping make it, you know, make it even better, um, we do have a Patreon account now and that's patreon.com slash killing underscore time. Um, and you can there become a Bow Street runner or a super sleuth. It's um, up to you. Anyway, on with the show. Welcome to Killing Time, the podcast that investigates the darkest moments in our past to shine a light on wider histories. I'm Rebecca Radil and I'll be your guide. Sit back, relax and listen as we delve into Episode 9, The Brute Caravaggio. In 1597, a young Caravaggio was commissioned to decorate the Contarelli Chapel in Rome. He was to create three large works depicting the life of St Matthew. And when completed four years later, the breathtaking paintings provoked concern among the viewing public and the church. They were stunning, but they were also so real. For Caravaggio, who'd spent most of his life drifting from one job to another, the commission was the much-needed boost his professional career needed. Yet the realism in much of his work, from Judith slaying Holofernes to the beheading of St John, bellied a darker side to the artist, for he himself had killed a man. When it comes to the history of art, Caravaggio is a giant of the Renaissance. But even in his own lifetime, his private life of brawls, gambling and violence often overshadowed his professional work. To explore his story and the murder that saw him go on the run, I chat to art historian and the host of the Art Matters podcast, Ferrin Gibson. Farron Gibson, thank you for coming on to the podcast today. I've been very aware that... We've not really delved too much into the world of art history, and it's something that I'm really interested in as an amateur, but you're a bona fide professional art historian. So, oh, <laughs> so thank you for being here. And today we're going to look at the life and deaths of Caravaggio. So I just wondered, first of all, if you could if you could take us back to the era in which he lived and, you know, what was the world like and um, how did he fit within this society? Yeah, sure. So he was born in Milan and his father and his grandfather died when he was quite young. He was around six. They um, got bubonic plague, I think it was, and quite a bit of his family died. And then his mom died when he was 11, which is around the time that he started... Um, apprenticing as a painter. And I think in the course of this period, there were periods where he was living on the streets and he was kind of associated with some painters at the time before he apprenticed as well. But I think he had kind of a, a hard start to life. And some people think that this may have 
kind of fed into some of his behavior throughout his life. What was the kind of art scene like at at the time that he was developing his skills? Yeah, so the church was really powerful at this time. They were huge commissioners of art. So we're seeing a lot of religious art. Um, And then we've also got wealthy families in this time. Um, It's not called Italy, I guess, at that time. It's Milan. It's uh, Rome is, you know, these different cities and the wealthy families in these different areas are the ones kind of dictating, commissioning the art alongside with the church. So I think up to this point, uh, mannerism was kind of the popular style. Baroque was the style. Uh, but mannerism in particular is where we see these kind of exaggerated figures. So there's one, uh, I can't remember the name off the top of my head. It might even be called something like Madonna with the long neck or something like that. And we see how her spine just goes on for days and her neck is very long. And there was this kind of trend of really elongated, exaggerated features. And I think around the time that Caravaggio was starting to paint, they were kind of looking for something else to get excited about. Okay. And he was definitely an interesting person, whether or not, you know, aside from his art as well. Could you tell me a little bit about his personality and the type of lifestyle that he led? Yeah, so he was known to be a bit of a fighter. Uh, So he left Milan for Rome originally, possibly because he got into a fight with a police officer in Milan. And when he got to Rome, he kind of fell into a crowd that liked to get into kind of street brawls. He liked to drink and to gamble, and he was a bit hot-headed. And I think because he was so successful with his painting and was in with wealthy families, I think it gave him a sense of like, You know, I think young people often are like, I'm on top of the world, I'm invincible anyway. And I think he really felt that because he had powerful friends. And so he would get into fights, he would carry weapons illegally, and he just kind of did whatever he liked, really. So he's kind of like roaming around the city with this sense of entitlement, convinced of his own genius, which unfortunately yes. for us, he, he was actually <laughs> very yeah. talented. Um, well, and he's, he's cheeky too, because there's a story that he did a church commission to painting of a Madonna and he used a courtesan as the model for the Madonna. So as you can imagine, the church wasn't very happy with that, but he's like, you know, I'm me, I'm doing whatever I want to do. The series of charges against Caravaggio grew almost year on year. According to one account, and I quote, after a fortnight's work, he will swagger about for a month or two with a sword at his side and a servant following him, ever ready to engage in a fight or an argument. Could you tell me a little bit about some of his artwork then? Because, I mean, just from my kind of passing interest, it does seem to be, there seems to be a lot of nakedness and a lot of knives and um, beheadings going on. Yeah, there's a lot of dark themes um, in his work. Well, I I guess the first thing to say is that he worked in a style called tenebrism, which is when you look at his works, it almost looks as if they've been lit by a spotlight from one direction. There's really stark contrast between light and dark. And that's kind of chiaroscuro, which is this kind of uh, shadow and light technique taken like to the nth degree. It's like intensified. So his Mm. works are very theatrical. Um, they're very expressive in terms of emotion and that sort of thing. And we do see lots of like kind of dark or unpleasant looking kind of scenes. And that picks up towards the end of his life for sure. One Flemish painter quoted Caravaggio as saying, All works, no matter what or by who painting, are nothing but bagatelles and childish trifles unless they are made and painted from life and that there can be nothing 
better than to fall of nature. And then going back to his his real life away from the art, there's one incident that kind of pushes his lifestyle over the line. It's no longer acceptable. And this is the murder of Tomasoni. Could you tell me about that incident? I know the facts are a little bit hazy, aren't they anyway? But could you describe what happened? Yeah, so there, yeah, the facts are hazy. The story for a long time has believed to have been that they had a dispute over a bet over a tennis match and it got out of hand and he killed Tomasoni, probably by accident. Um, but this was kind of propagated by this artist and art historian, uh, Giovanni Baglioni. And Baglioni didn't really like Caravaggio, so it's kind of like, mm, can we trust what he, what he had to say about it? And historians have since kind of looked into it, looked back at the records, and Maurizio Marini, uh, a recent art, art historian, has looked at it, and he feels that what actually happened is Thomas Tomasoni bled out from his femoral artery, and there was this kind of trend at the time of, uh, trend is a weird word, but there was a culture at the time of dueling and you would duel in a way that was related to the offense. And so like if someone had done something against your lover, you might try to castrate him, for example. <gasps> oh, wow. And okay. so, yeah. So the the theory now is possibly, Marini says, that Caravaggio was trying to castrate Tomasoni and it went wrong and so while they were tussling he hit the artery and he bled out in that way oh my god and it may be yeah it may be that they like shared a lover there was a courtesan that they were both seeing possibly Tomasoni was her pimp and it just gets kind of like out of control like what possibly happened here but maybe it was like a lover's quarrel kind of gone wrong Oh my goodness, which would kind of fit with the type of lifestyle that we, well, we know that Caravaggio had, I suppose, but it's still very dramatic. What happened after the incident then to um, Caravaggio? Well, he fled pretty much immediately and uh, Pope Paul V, I think it was, issued a death warrant for him. So he's like, I got to get out of here. Uh, he went to Naples at first and amazingly, he continued to get work. Like, all this time that he's on the run, people are still like, I still want a painting from you. <laughs> um, he was doing okay in Naples, but I think he felt like he might be able to get some more security if he went to Malta. So he wanted to join up with this group there called the Knights of Malta. And there he painted Beheading of St. John the Baptist, which is one of the only works that he has signed. And he signs his name underneath the area where John the Baptist, his, like John the Baptist's head has been slit, his throat's been slit, and he's bleeding down, and he bleeds down onto Caravaggio's signature, which is interesting, as if he's like connecting himself with John in this painting. It's it was tempting to read more into that, isn't it? If you'd knowing that yeah. knowing that he's he's killed a man, do you think that would yeah. be something that is an understandable link to make, or am I stretching it a bit too far? Well, I wonder if he was associating himself with John as kind of people wanting to behead him or to to um, punish him for his actions. And we see that that direct connection later because he does another portrait of the scene of the moment just after this. So after um, the, the man in the painting of St. John the Baptist, he's reaching for a, a knife behind his back as if he's now getting ready to cut off John's head and put it on this platter that this woman is holding. And then he later, Caravaggio paints another painting of the scene that happens just after this, where she's holding that head. 
And Caravaggio uses his own head as the model for that. Oh, my goodness. So he's really, so, I mean, yeah. th there's quite an ego involved in, in these paintings, isn't there? Yeah, I think he felt... I don't know. It almost is like he felt like the victim in the situation somehow. I wonder if he's like, you know, I'm 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 wrongfully accused and he did want a pardon for for the warrant. You know, he maybe felt like it was unjust. Mm. And did he get a pardon? Was he ever I mean, or was he was he prosecuted for the murder? So he was on the run for a while and he sent a painting to uh, Paul V's nephew, who was a cardinal. Uh, which again uses his head as a model of a severed head of Goliath. And he sent that kind of saying like, I'm sorry, please pardon me. Like here's a painting as a gift. And he was on the way to Rome, I think believing that he was going to get that pardon and he died on his way. And he died quite young as well. He was in his what late 30s. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I say young, I, that's because I'm pushing that age now, but you know. <laughs> well, I think it's young. Yeah, it's, it's way young. Yeah. But, I, you know, I think there's a little bit like, ooh, was he murdered, you know, because of the kind of lifestyle he led. But I think that the line now is, you know, that he was probably some kind, some form of ill, possibly syphilis, possibly a fever, who knows. Yeah. One of those dreadful diseases that you get during the time. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So let's talk about his impact then, because obviously, you know, we associate him with a kind of brutality that, I mean, we'd not really seen before or had not been as um, prevalent before and a realism, I suppose. Do, do you think the murder and his lifestyle has contributed, as a first question, has contributed to his notoriety? And then secondly, um, what has been his long term impact on um, the world of art? I think that people like a good story, don't they? I think um, it almost makes me feel like maybe he was like a bad boy celebrity type at the time. You know, I imagine there was some, he was meant to be quite charismatic as well. So I imagine there was some intrigue around his kind of wild lifestyle and the fact that he produced these beautiful artworks. So I'm sure it did add to um, his, his fame and celebrity at the time, but he also produced very good works and a lot of people wanted his works. And he ended up, having things in influential places and in the homes of influential people. So that definitely also contributed. He inspired, yeah, a generation of artists um, around that time. Gentileschi has uh, often been uh, associated with him that she worked in a similar kind of style. I think that what he did was create emotional, expressive, interesting works. And I think that was encouraging for another generation of artists to kind of take that forward and, and, and carry on in that direction, not just maybe more stoic representations that you might have seen before. Oh, well, Farron, thank you so much for doing this. It's really interesting to hear about um, Caravaggio's life, works and murders yeah. um, <laughs> through, through, through your eyes. You know, I would love to have you back on the podcast another time if there are any other um, historical art deaths that you're interested oh, in. Oh, yes, I'm sure there are many. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for now for, um, for doing this. Thanks. Thank you. The murder of Tomassoni wasn't even Caravaggio's final burst of violence. In Malta in July 1608, he attacked a senior knight of the Order of St John, for which he was arrested, but escaped a month later. It has been claimed that the knight sought his revenge by assaulting and disfiguring Caravaggio outside a tavern in Naples. 
Despite his chequered life and questionable morals, Caravaggio's artistic legacy has stood the test of time. The naturalism of his art, the use of models and the exquisite use of lighting had a profound impact on subsequent generations. Mr.